Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Against all odds, I made it here this morning. And if you permit me, there's just a song in my heart for you this morning. And please, can somebody help me on the keyboard? Just the keyboard. All these saints and angels, they bow before the throne. And all the elders cast the crowns before the Lamb of God and King. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. That's your song this morning, Lady B. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Help me sing. You are worthy all. You are worthy of it all. We've come this morning to bless you for such a beautiful life. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. One more time, tell him you are worthy of it all. Father, we magnify you for our God, the house of worship this morning. on behalf of my sister to say thank you. Thank you for a beautiful life. Thank you for a rich life. Thank you for a blooming life. Thank you for a precious life. Thank you for such a gift to the body of Christ. We appreciate you this morning. We say thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Oh, you may be seated this morning. Can somebody celebrate my sister this morning? Can somebody celebrate her? She's looking absolutely beautiful. Can you celebrate her this morning? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Absolutely beautiful. As I thought about you over the week, the Lord said to me, he said, you have been in, in a kind of an Esther preparation room season. And that was what I felt in my spirit. And the Lord says to you, Lady B, the stage is ready for you. The stage is ready for you. Your generation is ready for you. God has deposited so much. You have been you have been in a place of preparation. And I see you launch out. I see you explode. I see you flourish. I see you blossom. I see you step into something incredible. 
that your generation will rise up to call you blessed. Not just Pastor Gideon will call you blessed. Not just your children will call you blessed. But I see you begin to carry pregnancy of children in this house. Children in the nations. And the Lord will shoot you forth as an arrow in the name of Jesus. Please watch out. This is a beautiful season. Enjoy every moment. Enjoy every second of it. Enjoy every moment. It's not a day. It's a season. It's a huge season. And you will remember it for good. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you so much, PJ. How many people know we need husbands like this? We need husbands like this. We need husbands. I don't flatter. We need husbands like this. Come on, celebrate my brother for me this morning. Celebrate him. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I celebrate you, PJ. He's been through so much just because of how much his wife means to him. This is a marriage I believe in. This is a marriage. I don't flatter anybody who knows Pastor Ruth. I say it the way it is. I don't charge you to tell you the truth. It comes free. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. These are my kind of couple. When I met Pastor Gide and Lady B many years ago, I did not fall in love with them because they were in ministry. I fell in love with the heart of who they are. It's the heart that I love. I love heart. It's the heart. Because the Lord doesn't deal with us from our external view. He deals because of the content and the intent of the heart. Please celebrate Pastor Gide. The Lord bless you, sir. The Lord honor you. Not many men honors their wife the way you are honoring my sister. The Lord reward you richly. The Lord uphold you. The Lord preserve you. The Lord uphold you. This marriage will never fail. This marriage will never be disappointed. This marriage will not be ashamed. In the name of Jesus, you will go from glory to glory to glory to glory. From victory to victory to victory. I see a new horizon. I see a new day. I see a new anointing. It's coming upon the both of you. And you will grow bigger. You will extend. You will expand. You will move out into bigger things in the name of Jesus hallelujah I won't be too long in your face like pastor said he just dropped that email and I thought I don't go to 48 birthdays and 58 birthdays and all those other birthdays but when I saw that messenger I, 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 I wanted in my heart to be here I wanted in my heart and, and yesterday it snowed out in London people are snowed in and we sat on the tarmac for two hours. Huh? And my husband kept on asking, does Pastor Bimbo know you are coming? I said, she doesn't know. They better pick this plane. No? <laughs> they better carry this plane. <laughs> Whatever they want to do. And we sat there for two hours because they were trying to de-ice the planes and, and get us all lifted up. And I sat down there and I said, God, God, okay, we thank God. But we lifted up and we got here. I have a word in my spirit this morning. Praise Jesus. I have a word in my spirit this morning for Agape. Like Pastor said, we, had been, we, 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 we came from London into Medford, Oregon in the year 2004. And we planted a walk for the Lord there for nine years. And, and many times when God says move, we don't like to move. So in 2012, the Lord began this same old problem, move. You know, and um, to cut the long story short... We moved back to England. It was not the best of seasons. I've come to realize that when you go through your wilderness season, you know your friends. Forget your enemies. Your, friend, your enemies are very easy to note. <laughs> you, know, you will quickly know them. 
But then even the people you call friends, they, they quickly manifest who they are. And so when we went back to England, you know, people we say, what did they do? How did they do? Did they have paper? Did they not have paper? Did, were they booted? You, you know, <laughs> you know, I learned in my wilderness season that people will always have something to say. So you can't go through your life being bothered about what they will say. Because the things we were afraid that they would say, they said anyway. Because I realized the Lord created the world with words. So humanity is meant to speak. So they said, even the questions we were hoping would never be asked. They asked the question. And in that season, my husband and I began to hunger for something different. That we had encountered with the Lord. And I started to be very uncomfortable in my wilderness season about my life, about my ministry. You know, because as a woman who, who by the grace of God, have a very rich itinerary ministry to women. You've, you've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. And when you're not careful, people will now turn you to their flavor of the month. And when they finish testing your flavor, then they quickly leave you for the new kid on the block. And in a season in my life, I had to withdraw in, in that wilderness season. Because I realized many people wanted what was on my life, but they did not value enough for them to pay for what was on my life. So I decided to go back into my cocoon and seek God for something bigger than me. And in that season, my husband came into the, a mentor came into the life of my husband and I. somebody we love very dearly Dr. Randy Clark and he fell in love with my husband and took my husband under his wings as a son and I began to see something I had never seen before I began to encounter God in such an incredible manner that made me realize religion's things relationship is what God is interested in and at that point, I became more sick and tired of being called to women's conferences where we come and chase the same demons year in, year out. And the demons are not afraid to come to the conference because there ain't no power to deliver them. And I decided I ain't going to no women's conference if something great is not put on my life because I realized there's an atmosphere that is mine already. There's an, a natural atmosphere I'm supposed to be living life out of that I had not come into contact with. And as we grew in our hunger, I had an encounter two years ago, which is the reason for the word I'm bringing to Agape House of Worship this morning. And I believe with all of my heart is a prophetic word for this house. Because I went to the Global Awakening Staring Meeting that we host every year in Southampton in England where Dr. Randy Clark and, and Brian Blaine Cook and all these crazy people come. And, and you're like, are we reading the same Bible? <laughs> huh? Are we, am, I, am I from the church of the mama? Or what has happened? Somebody, you know, when you sit in a place and you literally see God walk into a room and all your fake Christianity, you begin to just say, Chah! And I sat down in that place and I'm saying, 28-year-olds messing up my theology, messing up my doctrine, and 30-year-olds sharing videos of the incredible things. The Lord, I'm, 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 God, 
Before I rewrite my autobiography, let's take a pause. And as I sat in that room that day, I had an encounter with God and I was troubled in my spirit. And I heard the Lord quietly ask me a question. He goes, Ruth, are you satisfied with your life? And you know, we're very quick to say, yes, now. <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> By the grace of God, I'm married. I have three children. <laughs> we thank God. But I realized I couldn't answer that dumb question as quickly as my flesh wanted to respond. It was as if, Holy Spirit, what do you mean? And I claimed international speaker, author, mother. You know how the, ah, 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 come on now. And I said, no, Lord. And I heard the next thing the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, there is more to you than now. And I came this morning to ask Agape House, are you satisfied with your life? Are you satisfied with where you're at, even as a church? Because the church is not Pastor Jide and Pastor Bimbola. You are the church. Are you satisfied? And I'm not going to go back to read that scripture, which is Hebrews 10, 19. Mommy has done a fantastic job. But I came this morning to ask you, are you satisfied with the way your life is? Are you satisfied with the way your family is? Are you satisfied with the way your community is? Are you satisfied with the way the world is? I had Dickiness here one day praying about gun. You see, they will always be gone. There will be people killing on our street when Christians sit in the church and have a religious experience rather than having a supernatural encounter. And you take the residue of that encounter and you take it into the street of Newark so that guns will not, the Bible says, evil will not, evil cry will not be heard in our city. Not because there will be police, not because there will be law enforcement, but no, there will be carriers of the glory that can decree a thing and it will be established, that can tell every story be still and it becomes still are you happy with the way things are are you satisfied my brothers and sisters because sometimes we get so lost in the church majoring on the minor things and minoring on the major things. We get so sidetracked by the enemy to tell you you got a thriving career. Just because you have a thriving career doesn't mean you're doing much for the kingdom of God. Let me help you this morning. Let me help you. And sometimes we get so sidetracked that we quickly get settled. We quickly get contented. We quickly become patting ourselves on the back. And I know that there are great and incredible things that you may be here this morning that you're doing for God, but I just came to bust your bubble to tell you that the Lord says there is more. There is more. There is more. And my brothers and my sister, that the season I've been for two years, pursuing the more of God. And I'm seeing God do incredible things in my ministry. That is why it's not every women's conference invitation card that I receive. Because I'm not going to lay before God and cry out to the Father and ask for a word and get an anointing on my life and come out of a place where I've been supernaturally drenched in this glory for you to come and tell me you've got 20 minutes to deliver the word when we've spent four hours talking complete bull. So I'd rather stay home and enjoy myself with Jesus. Because if you need to come to the women's conference for us to teach you how to make love to your husband, please go back home to mama. 
Baba, come to mama. If we need to be gathering to tell you how to paint your face to look cute for your husband, go back home to your mama. She should have done that. That ain't my job. If we need to bring you to women's conference to be teaching you how to cook, go back home to mama. She should have done that. That ain't my job. And we come together and have all this women's conference tantalizing demons and tantalizing your emotions and you go out unsaved. Do you know devils are not afraid to come to church anymore because there ain't no power to send them away. We set up counseling sessions for demons. Jesus never canceled demons. He cast them out. And I just got sick and tired of setting up counseling sessions, brother Femi, for demons. You beat your wife black and blue, then I want to come and give you scripture. No, I need to cast the devil out of you. There ain't no counseling for demons. We cast the demons out. And I became very hungry for something that had not been shown in the church in the last decade. I became to realize that there was a natural experience for me as a child of God. Do you know that the natural environment for a fish is water? The natural environment for a lion is the jungle. The natural environment for you if you're a true believer is the presence of God. That is our natural environment where supernatural things are happening. That is why the Bible said the shadow of one of the apostles was healing people. Why? That was his natural environment. And I began to seek after God. Not just me, my husband, the entire church. And in our church now, 11-year-olds have been activated prophetically. 10-year-olds are calling up adults and giving them accurate, accurate prophecies. They're laying hands on adults and instant healing. Supernatural deliverances. People hooked on all kinds of stuff because that's why that is my natural environment. Why? Because the Lord dared to ask me if I was satisfied. And I wasn't satisfied. Satan is still playing a fast one on the church. My brothers and sisters, you cannot tell me this morning that you are satisfied. That would be a lie. You cannot tell me that you are satisfied. Because our assignment before his return is not yet complete. Many Christians are not where we ought to be. We are living and performing way below God's expectation of us. And that was what I realized in the last two years. My brothers and sisters have done incredible things for the kingdom. I am a minister. I minister with passion. There is a grace upon my life that can never be denied. And that is not being, that is not being proud. It's just simply knowing who I am. But I realized I wanted more. I needed more. I was not satisfied. I was not satisfied. I wanted to experience this supernatural realm of glory that I was seeing people, you know, they talk about going to heaven as if they're going to a uh, Bolin's in quote factory. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, God, even if our more in Nigeria cannot get me there, people, let me take another transport and follow these people. Because the Bible says in John 8, it said, the truth you know. It will set you free. And I became free two years ago. I became free 
not to fit in how people wanted me to be. Because you know, when you go minister, they tell you, eh, Pastor, this is how it is. This is not how it is. Mm, package it like this. Reduce it like this. Condense it like this. And I'm in a season in my life. I don't need to leave my house to come and be boxed up. If you want me, then you've got to have everything the Lord has put on my life. And that's one of the greatest problems in the church because we are so used to this drive-through Christianity. And I found that in my season of wilderness that God is never in a hurry. He's never in a hurry. And if you're ever going to receive the more than now that your life deserves, there is a huge investment you're going to have to pay. It's called time. Because we realize God is not in a hurry. And I remember the first night we had an encounter in KFC Church. Our Sunday evening service used to be called Dining with the King. But we were having such supernatural experiences, Pastor. Because we would stay there for one hour and all we would sing is, We wait on you. We wait on you. We wait on you to walk in this room. And we would stay there for an hour. And the Lord would come in, boom! You wouldn't even know it was an hour. So we began to put out disclaimers. Please don't come on Sunday night if your baby needs to wake up in the morning. But then God started messing them up because baby were bothering their mother. Mother, we can't be late for church. Mother, we got to go evening service. Because the adult who is so bound by the things of the world. And some of you, you need to be released today. Because the things of the world is cutting you to lose so much that God has for you. And we see children are crying. And the mothers are calling, Pastor, the boy was crying. He said he want to be late for church. And the boy is coming. And, and we, we have young children receiving five years vision for the family. What's going to happen to daddy? What's going to happen to mommy? And parents can't sleep. Our church is like a tsunami. And my husband and I, we stand and we say, wow. Just because we pressed in for more. Look at somebody tell them there's more. There's more. That's all I came to tell you. I've only got 40 minutes, but there's more. You cannot be satisfied with the way your life is. I don't care how good you're doing it. And please hear me, church. I believe in community project. My church does community project. But I came to tell you this morning, our social enterprise initiative is not big enough to bring Jesus back. Because after we give them the food, we've got to give them something bigger than the food. We've got to teach them something bigger than the food we are giving them and the clothes we're giving them. I'm all for community project. But please can we take some power into the community in our church we call it power evangelism and the people that go out every Saturday morning praying for people getting up off of the wheelchair they have no title none we realize that the young people in my church they are crazy and my husband and I please don't tell them I said so I've stepped away from the old ones they are problem. Can you not see that I'm young? <laughs> I cut my hair and the only people who loved it in church are my sub-30s. They're the only ones that know what's up. Oh. <laughs> because I realize that they are hungry for something. They're hungry for leadership. They're hungry for parenting. They're hungry for guidance. They want to test this God. Because you see, you the over 40s, you are so set in your way. It's going to take a hurricane, spiritual hurricane, to get you up. 
this is how we've always done it. The church I was coming from, they didn't do this. And so you've parked your car at the bus stop of your last experience. Look at somebody, tell them there is more. There is more. We are not performing the way God expects us. We have been hugely distracted. We have thriving careers, but we are not making much kingdom difference. Many don't even know the kingdom agenda. Many are unaware that the gods have changed and that we are in a new dispensation, a new era, and the tools for success is different. The Bible says these signs shall follow those who believe. Can I ask you this morning, what signs is following you? When you come out of this building on Sunday, are you laying hands on the sick? Are you casting out demons? I don't have time because I'm watching my time. But when you get home today, go and read the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Jesus said, I've been anointed to do this. And when he was living, he said, every authority that was given to me to perform this, I have given it to you. What are you doing with it? It's a greater than I did. Would you do? And you can no longer be comfortable, my brothers and sisters, saying you are a Christian. And they say somebody has cancer. You say, ah, what's chemotherapy plan have they set up? Is there radiotherapy they would need? Are they taking them to the hospice? When you and I have been told to lay our hands on them and they will recover. Can I ask this morning how many of you are praying for the sick? We have a church that is radicalized to praying for the sick. Because our pastor told us it's not our business. Don't do help them figure it out. Go say lay hands. And do you know the amazing thing, my brothers and sisters? God is confirming it because it's his word. He's confirming it because it's his word. We dare now to put flyers out to say, bring the sick, bring the lame. And God is meeting at the point of every need. My wonderful sisters and brothers, ask somebody for me this morning. There is more. Tell somebody there is more. You can't die and not experience it. You can't die and not encounter it. The apostles that wrote the New Testament, they said to us that the, the gospel that we have heard, that our eyes have seen, but our hands have handled, we bring to you what is your hand handling in the kingdom in this time apart from your dollars and your cents because we have been created to handle so much more says this sign our world is seeking answers our world is seeking answers my brothers and sisters we can sit up in here and pray till we're blue in the face for guns to be removed from the school and unfortunately, it will stay there until we get some power over our lives to go catch those children while they're still young. To go deliver them from that satanic influence that is upon their lives. To get into the dysfunction of the home and begin to rearrange order. A lot of homes are out of order. That is why Satan has access. I bless God for marriage conference. The pastor is putting, please, if you're married and you don't come to this conference, they know me in my own church now. If you come for a problem and we help you with this problem and they now put a seminar together to give you more information, the last marriage conference in my church we had a ministry called bed before and after I do. At that time, we were dealing with seven couples. Brother Femi, 
seven stressful couples. If I were not a pastor, I would escort them to the divorce court. But because I'm a pastor, you know you have to be pastoral. Seven of them. Do you know what I did the first day of the conference? I took a register. How many of them showed up? And I sent them a text. If you do not show up for this conference, lose my number. Because I will not waste my t- I will not be hungry for your own change more than you are hungry. You see, I've never claimed to be Jesus Junior. Maybe you know some pastors who say that. I'm not Jesus Junior. And the Bible says we must not cast our pearls before swine. If the man of God has sensed that we need a marriage ex- experience, a marriage encounter, and they've gone through the pain to put it together, my wonderful brothers and sisters, there's nothing you're doing next weekend that is worth it. Let me help you. It is not worth it. Because some of you will come, ah, I wish I could have made it, but Junior is going to football. You have carried Junior to football. Your husband is still slapping you as you are going to football. Junior has football. The children, the children, the children. They've become a crutch. That's why you're not experiencing the more of God. Because your life is full of too many distractions. And I know your kids can become a distraction. I have been there. The children, the children, the children. Pastor, if they don't come next Sunday, take a register. I'm just borrowing you a leave. register. We've got to be helping people in the body of Christ. To whom much is given, much is expected. You cannot come and kill the pastors. If they put it together to enrich your marriage and you decide you are going to another pastor's for years, that's what we're doing Pastor Ben Boston this weekend. Too many distractions. Satan is stealing, is killing, is destroying daily. And we say we are Christians. We say we are the ambassadors of Christ. We say we are the salt of the earth. We say we are the light of the world. And evil is prevailing in our community. There is a clarion call, my brothers and sisters. And I came to announce that. It's time to realize that there is more to your life than what it is now. So much more. And the Lord began to dwell. I realized there was a well on the inside of me already. My brothers and my sisters, there is a well. He says in the book of Corinthians, he's giving us all that pertains to life and godliness. But he says, according to the power that worketh in us, meaning that power is there, it just needs to be found into reality. There is already the more in you. You have the capacity. You have what it takes. Don't sit down there and say, I have nothing. I come to tell you today the parable of the talent. Even the most useless got one talent. The most useless was not left behind. The Bible said he gave all according to their ability. Look at somebody tell them there's more. There's more to your life. There's more. There is more. Too many of us are allowing Satan to use his power while we are not using our power. And I've come to say this morning it's going to take real power. 
for us to prepare for Jesus. My brothers and sisters, when the devil faces you, maybe some of you have never, you know, when we shout as Christians, ah, the devil is after me. My darling, the devil is not after you. You are just having a laugh. If Satan really, something tells us Satan is not powerful. He doesn't have authority, but he has power. And the things you're shouting that Satan is not after you. I'm being honest with you. Satan is not after you. Satan is not after you. Because when you experience Satan, Satan only needs half a yard. He will come in fully. And when he comes in, he doesn't spare you. That's why the Bible says, if it has not been for the Lord who has been on our side, it has been God. It has been God. And we need to rise up and realize it's going to take power. I'm talking here about the grace on your life and overflow from your work with God that you can deposit in another person's life and see them totally transformed. That is why the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38, he said Jesus Christ was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit. He said he went about doing good, destroying the works of the enemy because God was with him. How many works of the enemy are you destroying this morning? My brothers and sisters, you can no longer sit down and fold your arms. We Christians we're very good in complaining but we're very very not good in standing up to act there is power there is power our world is full of people including Christians being oppressed of the devil and we need to do something this is the reality that God wants for us this last days my brothers and sisters wherever you are today in your journey of life as a Christian I want you to know there is more I challenge you not to be relaxed. I challenge you not to rest yet. I challenge you not to build your castle on your yesterday's victory. There is so much more ahead of us. There is so much more ahead of us. There is so much more ahead of us. More of his glory. More of his power. More intimacy. More provision. So much more for us to explore. So much more for us to explore. So much more. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14. He said not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected but I press on that I'm a hold of that for which Christ has laid out of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. I don't care how good he's been, forget it. I don't care how great he's been, forget it. I don't care how rewarding he's been, forget it. Because there's still so much more, so much more ahead, so much more ahead, so much more ahead, and you've got to want it this morning. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. Peter and John, I think it was Peter, James and John that went to the beautiful gate. And they decided we were not going to do it the way it's always been done. One of the greatest problems of the 21st century church is we want to keep doing it the way it's been done. Somebody says doing it the way it's always been done. Expecting a different result is what? Madness. And when they went... They decided we are not going to do it the way it's been done. Because the way it's been done for that man was people to give him money. Yet, he was still a leper. They said no. So I wrote down here in my notes. I said they said we will not do it how it has always been done. Because it does not yield any new result. We are not fixated on the same old. 
Too many of us, we are fixated on the same old. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 55, my brothers and sisters, he says our ways are not his ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He says as high as the heaven is above the earth, so are the ways of God higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Please stop boxing God. Stop boxing God to your own limited experience of him. To your own limited experience. They said no. They said we are not going to give you money. We are going to give you much more. That money can buy. We have encountered something that has affected us. And we have become carriers of that which, have, which we have encountered. And so we are able to cause you. To partake of that which we have partaken of. And that is what. I have been experiencing. In the last two years. That the Lord gave me this encounter. My ministry has taken a different shape. I would rather do retreats than one day conference. I don't have time for one. Because I said we're going to get there 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll come 6 o'clock in the evening. By the grace of God, I lead a mentoring academy for women. I have 30 students this year. Every meeting is an encounter meeting. The Lord led me. I was doing a meeting when I first got to London called Prayer Party. And when the Lord started with me on this journey, the first thing he told me, he said, cancel prayer party, Pastor Jide. The very first year, two years ago, I had planned. Daddy had planned the party. Prayer party, you know, you have to obey them somehow. And <laughs> our people, anything, party, hey! Holy Ghost. There, there. When the Lord began to deal with me, I had planned the prayer party. I'd invited the mommy woman of God that was coming, everything. 65 people had paid to come to the party. I came out of a seven days of Shiloh meeting and the Lord said, cancel it. He said, what I've put on your life is too big for you to call party and be calling women to canality. He said, I want it to become moments with God because in those two years of my encounter, I realized that my prayer time with God was fellowship time, not Bringing out my shopping list. Father, bless me, bless me, bless me. Some assault me, overturn me, enlarge me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. God was not interested. He was sick and tired. I realized there were moments because the Lord began to share intimate things He wanted to tell the world with me. And the Lord told me, Say, cancel that meeting. I said, eh? I've invited the apostle that is come. So I went to my husband and said, Sweetheart. Daddy said, he said, if daddy said, you cancel it. My brothers and sisters, but I knew the encounter that I was having. I knew the hunger in my spirit. I knew that there was more. I knew I wasn't satisfied. I knew I just didn't want somebody to just come and tantalize them. We pray some prayer point that is not even scripturally correct. And we feel good with ourselves and we go home. That's why the prayers are not answered. Better help yourself. I canceled the prayer. I called the woman of God and I said, I've got an instruction from God that I need to cancel this meeting. The woman told me, he said, Pastor Luther, I believe in the grace of God on your life. I told the truth. I took my email. I emailed the 65 women who had booked to come. I said, this is my encounter. I said, God rebuked me. He said, he has not put on my life anointing for prayer to be gathering for party. He said, it's going to be called moment with God. And the vision of the moment with God is a place where we encourage your passion for God's presence. And 65 women turn around and say, Pastor Ruth, we believe whatever the Lord says, we will do. And we set out that date to come. And I put there 10 o'clock till 2. 
you know, I'm still learning this new, <laughs> you know, help me. So I said, okay, because the mothers that are going to the saloon, to the market, to the things, you know, I help them 10 to 2. At 7.30 in the evening, we had to be looking in the telephones of those women slain in the spirit to find somebody to come pick them up and take them home. We were calling people's telephone number. Please, are you? Do you know? Like my guy here, please. She's, she's, she's with the Lord. Can you come and pick her up? There was a particular lady, Brother Femi, she was dressed to go to a 50th birthday party. After moments with God. So when you come to moments with God now, I put a disclaimer out. You can't go, you can't carry that glory to a 50th birthday party. The last one we had was on the 24th of February. Women slain, instant deliverance. Instant deliverance. Because one of the grace on my life is deliverance. My message is change and transformation. And I was invited to speak that evening at a, a Valentine something, you know. <laughs> I kept on telling myself, I can't go from this encounter to Valentine. <laughs> but my integrity was on the line. I was in such drunken state. PJ, I got there. 15 minutes of getting there, I went to the lady organizer. I said, I'm sorry, honey, I can't stay. Say, Pastor Ruth, please, ma. We've done the flyer. I say, sweetheart, you already told me that you have a games you people play. I think you should play the game tonight because, <laughs> because there is so much that I'm receiving and I can't put it in this environment where you are saying, yo, ya, yo, bi, yo, ya, yo, bi, yo, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't, church. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I didn't come here for judgment, but I can't. I can't take that to Skelewu, baby, pull over. I can't. I had to go home. I had to go home. I had to beg the lady and said, I'm sorry. I pay too much of a price for this. I don't want to lose it. I pay too much of a price. The transition my family went through in the last five years, you would have gone crazy. On the 12th of February this year, 19,000 pounds was come, $19,000 was come out of my account. Everything I had in my life. By scammers, I had planned so many things for this year. My book was already at the publishers. My podcast was already at the publishers. Every single penny that I had was taken. My brothers, for 72 hours, I was in shock as if somebody died. But then my husband walked into the room one day. And he, I could sense the glory on him. And he looked at me and said, sweetheart, it's only money. Get up and do what you need to do. My brothers and sisters, I can only remember my husband giving me 500 pounds. He said, I know it's not going to be enough. He said, but I saw this as a faith seed. I stand here today because I'm operating from the overflow. That my book was published. I can't tell you how I published the book. 
moment with God. Satan wanted to fight this because of the message in this book. And it's time to moment with God. Intimate conversations with the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I don't know how I got the money, but the money, I just knew that as I was paying with my account, the, it was saying, confirmed. You know, approved. You know when you put the phone down again, you sit down. Maybe they're going to call you to say, hey, because I know I didn't have money there. But I knew the Lord said, you're taking your books on this journey. He printed the book. Why? Because there is more. My podcast, 11 prophetic messages that the Lord gave me last year. I cannot tell you the money was given to me physically. But I'm operating from a realm that is unseen. That's why the Bible says you cannot be fixated on the realm that you can see. Too many of you, you are fixated on the things that you can see. And the Bible says the things that you can see, they are temporary. They have no eternal value. He said, but the things your eyes cannot see. He said, they carry more. Three things quickly. And I get out of your way. You're asking me, Pastor Ruth, how can I experience this thing? You are experiencing. I wish today was not my darling sister's birthday. We will send a disclaimer. In our church now, 12.30, Pastor will say, let's hold hands. Let's say bye-bye to all of you. So that the <laughs> quick fix people. Do you know that it's getting to the place in Kingdom Faith Church? When pastors say grace, we're there for the next three hours my darling where are you going out of his presence that is useful for your journey where are you going that's why in our worship team we don't have choir you sit down to join the worship team now in KFC church you must have an encounter no encounter no microphone no 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 encounter. Why? We have tested. And we have seen. And we are responsible to steward what God has put in our midst. Number one, if you want this experience, you've got to desire it. I realized that it came out of a desire that translated into hunger. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. You see, you can sit down there and be a Christian experiencing nothing because you're not hungry for it. And God is not just going to come and dash you. It's not, a, it's not a mercy gift. Let me just dash them. It costs some people their very lives. And if you're not hungry for it, God is not going to give it to you. Number one, it takes hunger. It takes hunger. You must believe that there is more for you. My brothers and sisters, you've got to believe. Hebrews 11, 6, a day that must come to God, must walk, must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently, not those who conveniently seek him. Diligently seek him. And I'm rushing here. You've got to desire it. You've got to be hungry for it. Ephesians 3, 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all we can ask or think or imagine according to the power that is working in us. He said, wherever you finish is God's starting point. You've got to desire it. To desire means you have a strong feeling of wanting to have something. A strong feeling. My question for you this morning is what do you desire? To desire means you've decided to set your mind on the things that are above. Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. You can't desire God and desire carnality at the same time. 
You can't desire God and desire your flesh at the same time. You can't desire God and desire convenience at the same time. There is nothing convenient about your Christian journey. So number one, you must desire it. You must sort out your desire and what you have conformed to. The Bible says we must not be conformed to the things of the world, but we must be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Number two, you must pursue it. My brothers and sisters, I pursue it daily. All that one that you wake up every day, you are shouting and going, God does not need to be yelled at. Oh, sh I've been there. That's how we taught us. The higher the tone, even the angels, they are using pluck. Oh, to today, he has come again. She has come. She has come again. Oh, what's the problem? You've got to pursue it. And I realize your pursuit starts with your ability to tarry. He told the disciples, he said, you can't do much when I'm God, except the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He said, but for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, you've got to learn to tarry. To tarry means you sit down and you be quiet. Let him be the one steering the, relay, the, the communication. No, Jesus, I've come on. Jesus, Jesus. Ah. I've done it all. I don't pray points, they are never answered. Because his instruction comes very subtle and very gentle. It was a new place for me. I'm, I'm naturally loud and obnoxious and crazy and vivacious. And in the last two years, I've just had to... <sighs> and the Lord is speaking all the time. And I realize it's my own volume that is too high. <laughs> Turn it down. Turn the volume down. You've got to learn to wait. That's why the Bible said, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Got to learn to tarry. Got to learn to tarry. Your life is too busy. B-U-S-Y. Bound under Satan's yoke. January to December, M1, motorway, freeway, calm down. Stop. There's a reason why the stop sign shows red. I learned in the last two years to tarry in God's presence. I learned in the last two years that if you're going to operate from this supernatural dimension, you can't come with an agenda. Can't come with your own plan, your own reasoning, your own preference. Your own, don't you know me? It's Pastor Ruth Mateola now. Got an interested. Because I realized truly, my brothers and sisters, as a roundup, that the Lord is building a new army. And it's not a cliche. But the rules of the game has changed. The rules of the game has changed. The rules of this game has changed. The Bible said in quietness and gentleness shall your strength be. When I look at Pastor Bimbo Laware, it is atomic bomb about to be released. That will take our world in surprise. Look at somebody tell me there's more. You've got a hunger for it. Number two, you've got to pursue it. It's a daily pursuit. It's a daily seeking after. You've got to go after it. You've got to get, let God know that you're interested in it. 
You must honestly pursue it. And number three, you must manifest it. Every day I pray for the sick. I don't host meetings that I'm not expecting the Holy Spirit. Many of my meetings, I put a disclaimer, there's no time. If you're in a hurry, bye-bye. Keep being in a hurry. That's why your problem is still there. The day you choose to sit down and not be in a hurry, your problem will leave you. I had to begin to teach women how to take solitude time. If you can't have one hour to yourself on a daily basis, when you sit still before God, my brothers and sisters, there is problem. Because we come from this cultural mindset that you must be going 24-7, be not nepah. You got to be able to calm down. Take time for God to speak into your spirit. Speak into your mind. You've got to manifest it. And that's where I want to round up as we rise up this morning. Rise up to your faith. God is looking towards you. He said, you are the ambassadors. Jesus said that when I was here, I was the light of the world. But now that he's gone, we are now the representatives. You've got to manifest in your life more than your certificate that is hanging on the walls of your house. You've got to manifest more in your life than the clothes in your closet. Please, the next time you come to church on Sunday and you think you're doing Pastor Jide and Pastor Bimbola a favor, that means you missed this message. Because if you understand this message, you will know that you are co-laborers in this vineyard. I don't go to church now for my husband. I don't go to church just because I'm a pastor. I go to church because I'm a carrier of the glory. And if I'm not there, they will not encounter the glory. I don't go to church. You've got to manifest. But you can't manifest if you do not desire it. You can only give what you have. My brothers and sisters, we're living in a world where we have exchanged truth for motivation and inspiration are speaking. They used to call me that. Pastor Ruth, a prolific inspiration. I told them, I said, remove inspiration and motivation. Because when Satan comes to slap you, motivation can help you. Every book on Les Brown that I read when I was going through that difficult transitional season of my life, none of those motivational quotes helped me and for days I will weep just on Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And in weeping, in weeping, in weeping, many weeks PJ, I will just sit on Psalm 20. Psalm 20 says, the Lord hear you in the day of trouble. He said, let the name of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from his sanctuary and fulfill all of your heart. You see, motivational speaking cannot help you in this realm I'm talking about. Begin to talk to him this morning. Many of you need to repent because you're not in a deep place with God. 
Your Christianity needs to take a new shape today. Gotta go deeper. Gotta go deeper. We wait on you. Do you know that song? We wait on you. Please don't wait for the brother. Begin to talk to him because my time is over. It takes faith. A strong, unwavering, assuring faith in God and his ability. My brothers and sisters, we can no longer afford as the church to be shallow-minded. We can't afford it. Evil is prevailing in our world. We can't afford a Christianity that carries no power. Jesus told them, he said, tarry until something comes upon you. It's called the Holy Spirit. Tarry to know this presence, to know his voice, to get his ways and his preference, to carry something tangible on your life. We cannot afford. We must begin to be resilient. We must begin to feed our hunger with the tangibleness of God. You know, one of the things the Lord completely took away in these two years, I have zero tolerance for carnality. I honestly do. I honestly do. Because when you've encountered Him, my brothers and sisters, when you've encountered the glory, your taste board changes. Your taste bud changes. People may think it is pride. But if you're doing something and I show up, ah, it's because I know God is there. My brothers and sisters, it is not pride. I went through pain. Some of you this morning are here in my spirit. Your wilderness season is God trying to get you to be more hungry for your Canaan land. You're walking through a wilderness and you're getting frustrated. Many of you, if you were the one that they wired that $19,000 out of, ah, that shush, they have no power. I've been going to shush. I've been praying my tithes are offering. How can this happen to me? Who did Jesus offend that he was nailed to the cross? It's a matter of perspective. Lift up your hands this morning and begin to call out. Many in this room no need to repent before the Lord. You need to repent. And repentance does not mean you need to cry. You just need to say, God, I'm not satisfied. Please begin to talk to him. I'm not satisfied, Lord. I want the more that you have asked for this morning. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take willingness. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and you're obedient, you will eat the good of the land. God is only looking in this season. He's not looking for the gifted. He's looking for the willing. We wait on you. Oh Lord, we wait on you. in this room we wait on you we wait on you we wait